Hey, look, you're really welcome uh, to King's today. It's fantastic to uh, see you here. Uh, uh, I'm the pastor of King's. I have been for 20 years, and it's a delight to see uh, the room full at our 11.30 meeting. You're so, so welcome. Um, assuming many of you come regularly to King's, others of you have come, you've been invited because it's Easter day. And I want to tell you, Easter changes everything. It changes everything. Um, what happens at Easter is that uh, through the resurrection of Jesus, uh, there is a, a chain reaction that is set off by his resurrection, which literally ripples through history, through generations, through life after life. Many of us in this room have experienced this chain reaction ourselves. It isn't just something that kind of summarizes salvation history, but it's something that has actually impacted our own life. We've had a chain reaction internally. We have discovered Jesus Christ to be true, that the claims of the Christian faith, that his death and resurrection provides a way to God, that there's forgiveness. is not just a theoretical thing, it's like an explosion that's happened in our own lives. Uh, And as I was preparing for this message, I thought, could I think of an illustration that kind of gave an example of a chain reaction? And I've watched multiple hours of dominoes on YouTube, you know, those world records where they kind of do it and you watch it, you think, I'm not going to watch it for 10 minutes, but it goes on and on and it draws you in. Because that's what's happened when Jesus was raised from the dead. It was like a domino effect. His resurrection just set things in motion, which just sort of literally hundreds of millions and millions of people have become Christians and continue to uh, this day. It's even happening in our church this day. Another domino, another chain reaction, another person finding Jesus to be true. So I was trying to think of an illustration. and This is a true story. And um, if you're a young person here, I, 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 you shouldn't follow the example of the senior pastor on this occasion. This is about as rebellious as I got, so though I think it's a good story, it's not as bad as you can get, I realise that. And um, also, if you're in the teaching profession here, I just want to say I love you, and teachers are really important, okay, they're really very, education's important, everyone, and this story, though it's true, okay, is not something that particularly the young people of the church, I want you to follow, okay. So this is a true story, and this is how it goes. At my school, I went to Mark Rutherford School in Bedford. It wasn't one of the top schools, but it wasn't one of the bottom schools. It was kind of like middle of the road. And I I was a bit of a dosser at school, as some of you have heard. And um, uh, what happened in my school was, for registration, you had to stand outside the class, and the teacher would come in, and he or she would walk into the class and then call you in, and you go in and do registration. So um, we were there, and we were a bit rowdy, not too rowdy, but a bit rowdy outside, and we had a supply teacher. So if you're a supply teacher, I want to tell you God loves you, and uh, I I love you, and uh, you know, do come back to the church, and things like that. This is a true story, but God loves supplies teachers. But this supply teacher, what happened was that she, and she's a lady, so just all the ladies here, God loves you, and things like that, okay, it's all good, all right, okay. So what happened was... she came down, and every morning we'd be making a noise, and she would go in, and she would slam the door, which I thought was terribly unprofessional, by the way. Uh, not that I knew what being professional was in those days, but that's what she did. And uh, Though we were making a lot of noise, we didn't think that was very good. I thought, don't think a teacher should slam the door like that and then call us in. So some bright spark, 
Now, I don't know who he was, okay, and I, I, I mean, it's a long time ago, so I honestly can't remember, but some bright spot came up with an idea that was set off a chain reaction. And the, the idea was this, if we took all our ties and went into the class before the teacher came, because all the chairs were on the desks, that what we could do is take our ties, now just young people here, this is just a preacher's illustration, okay, don't do this at home or at school, okay, so what, we took all our ties and we linked all the chairs together via ties, and then we linked the one chair to the back of the handle of the door. Yeah? I know. I'm a real. Some of you are thinking, wow, this is outrageous what he did. I mean, gosh, outrageous. So I was kind of involved. Let's go as far as that, okay? <laughs> so when the t- teacher came down, we made a, a, just a little bit more noise than normal just to set it all up, and she walked in, and she slammed the door, and then we heard that beautiful sound, and so, uh, God loves all teachers, remember, and then it went, ching, 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 crash, bang, smash, bang, 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 smash, smash, bang, bang, smash, bang, bang, yeah, yeah, so like, come on, I mean, that's how rebellious as I got in Bedford, I know it's a lot more tougher in London, but that's how, how rebellious we got back in the day. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we won't go into the consequences of that, okay? We'll just fill that, we'll just edit that part of the story. But you don't want to do what I did. Not that I was really involved. I was, I was just pulled along with the crowd, so. <laughs> oh, dear. And, uh, oh, the one last thing is that the teacher never slammed the door again, though. So that was... Uh... <laughs> oh, dear. A chain reaction. A chain reaction, an activating event. Something happened that has sparked into life the Christian faith that runs all over the world. What happened? Well, what happened is Jesus was crucified on the Friday and was raised from the dead. That is the only explanation at a logical level, but also it's more than that as we'll find out because for many of us it's, it's been a chain reaction in our own lives. Let's read Luke's account on this occasion. Of the resurrection of Jesus. So this is in the New Testament, Luke 24, 1 to 12. It'll come up on the screen. And Luke says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Now, this would be normal, common practice to honor the person who was dead, but also for a very practical reason that you would take spices because death involves smells. And so they're literally going to the tomb. Jesus had been crucified and been buried late on the Friday. And then there'd been the Sabbath, the day of rest. And then he was, as as the scripture says, raised on the third, which is the Sunday. And so they were coming early Sunday morning to put uh, spices on uh, his body. And um, they got there uh, and they went to the tomb and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. So this is a picture of uh, angelic visitation. That's what the Bible words here are saying. And um, in their fright, the women bowed down uh, with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day 
be raised again. And then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, uh, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them, who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. And Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. So uh, Jesus has been crucified. The women go to the tomb. They find that he's not there, and the chain reaction begins, and uh, they go and tell uh, Peter. The resurrection of Jesus has set in motion a chain reaction which started over 2,000 years ago. And it continues to ripple through life after life and nation after nation. And this chain reaction, this domino effect, started in a city, in a nation, about the same size of Wales. Okay, now if you're Welsh here, I didn't mean to offend you. That was just a stat, okay? It's a very small nation in the Middle East. There is a carpenter's son who claims to be a Messiah who is crucified by the occupying forces, the Romans. And that could be history. That could be the end of the story. And in fact, 1 Corinthians 15 says that if Jesus was not raised from the dead, those of us who are believed, believe we are to be pitied. We'll be, be, be pitied beyond, pity beyond all men because if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then we're still in our sin. So you're, if you're a believer here, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then you are not only pitied, but you're still in your sin, which is bad news because that means that you can't go to heaven. And so if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, it's a, it's a history-changing moment. And Jesus' uh, death and resurrection literally has been history-changing. In fact, our whole timeline, we have, even in our calendar, we have the time before Christ, and then we have time after Christ, in the year of the Lord. So we're in the year of the Lord, 2016. A, a new era has begun. A man has been raised from the dead. Um, and this is what Luke says at the beginning of his verses. He says, on the first day of the week, he declares there's this new beginning. Luke has two, he has Jesus' life account, and then the book of Acts is written by Luke as well, which is about the, the New Testament church, how this chain reaction just impacted life after life. I found out the definition of what a chain reaction is. It is a series of events which each event is the result of the one preceding and the cause of the one following. A series of events in which each event is the result of the one preceding and the cause of the one following. And so you have this domino effect. There's a chain reaction and it sparks to another one and then that sparks the next one. And that's what happened in uh, the New Testament. Um, let me uh, just give you three very quick points and then we'll be done. And uh, we can look forward to our Easter uh, Sunday lunch, I guess. So uh, first point is his Story. Luke 24, 6 and 7 says, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Um, the women went. They went to uh, put spices on, but they got the shock of their lives, didn't they? 
they found that, firstly, the stone had been rolled away. And secondly, that um, uh, Jesus' body wasn't there. And thirdly, angels appeared and declared that he's not here. He's risen. And they begin a chain reaction of telling and testifying. In fact, women become the first preachers, the first proclaimers of the resurrection. They uh, go back and they tell Peter. Peter actually gets up and runs to the tomb. Peter very quickly moves from the, the, the Peter that denied Jesus. So he goes from being in a situation of, I'm just denying, I don't know him. Do you know this Messiah? No, I don't know him. He moves from being denier to wanderer. Actually, the, 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 the Greek word there could be, uh, it could be wandering or marveling. And so it can mean one of two things. And, and, and people, is this the moment when Peter believed? Was it when he was there? Was he wondering about it? I remember wondering about the Christian faith, thinking, is it true? Isn't it true? And then later on in Luke, at the end of Luke, it talks about Jesus appearing to the disciples. And it says he explained the scriptures. Uh, and uh, they understood it says. They understood that Jesus was the fulfillment of prophetic promise. He was the Messiah promised through the Old Testament, fulfilled in his life, death, and resurrection. And Peter ultimately becomes the proclaimer, and he stands up and preaches. And you will know this if you come to church or you've been to church any length of time. That in Acts 2, he stands up and he preaches the gospel. The Holy Spirit comes and uh, he preaches the gospel. Now, just as an aside, we're going to do a series out of the book of Acts in a couple of weeks' time. It's our next series. We're going to call it When the Holy Spirit Comes. It's a very exciting series that we're going to be teaching into in a few weeks' uh, time. But he gets up, preaches the gospel, and 3,000 people, 3,000 men uh, come to faith. Uh, and this ripple effect, this domino effect, starts to really gather pace. And what Luke does is he tells individual stories connected to the overall salvation history. So he literally says, look, here is a chain reaction in a person, and here's an ongoing chain reaction in a nation, in, in a people group. And uh, so, for example, Acts 3 tells the story of the healing of someone who's lame, and Peter and John heal uh, this, there's a remarkable healing story. And they're, they're then pulled in front of the Sanhedrin, which are the very people that crucified Jesus. So I don't know about you. When I was investigating Christianity, this is one of the things I just couldn't work out. I couldn't fathom how these guys who went from denying Christ and running from their life, just a few weeks later, were standing in front of the same group of people that crucified Jesus and were saying, whatever you say, we are telling you, you crucified him. You'll read the passage. You, mean, you crucified him. Well, we're telling you, he is alive. Why do people, I mean, I, why had this got me? Because I thought I wouldn't do it myself. I thought, if Jesus was raised from the dead, then yeah, maybe I would testify and go to the grave. But if I knew he wasn't raised from the dead, it was just a trick. They just sort of made up the story. When it came to the crunch, I think I wouldn't give my life on a lie. And so these transformed men, these changed disciples, stand up and it says, for example, in Acts 4, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, says, then rulers and elders of the people... If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. I mean, that's a bold proclamation of the risen Lord Jesus with your life on the line. 
Uh, Luke, then he tells individual stories in Acts, and then he has these, one of my, these are my favorite verses, some of my favorite verses, these little summary phrases. They summarize chain reaction going on in life after life. Acts 5 says, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. The apostle Paul, who was the persecutor Saul, has a massive chain reaction on the road to Damascus, and he moves from persecutor to proclaimer and preacher. This is the beginning of what we now know as the Christian faith, starting with women telling disciples who then, like Peter, goes to the tomb, and it ripples, and it gathers momentum. And uh, today, I mean, literally hundreds, you know, every day hundreds of thousands of people come to faith in Christ. Every day. It's just like a statistical fact right through um, China, Asia, through Africa, South America, uh, and even in our church today. People will come to faith in our church today. This ripple effect. And in fact, this ripple effect has happened in the church. I'll just give you a couple of examples. There was a a woman called Lindsay. She came to church on our Downham site. And uh, she got saved. And her husband thought, what is going on with my wife? And so he thought he'd better turn up and check out what was going on. And he got saved. That's what was going on. Dave got saved. Turned up, check out what the wife's got into, and he got saved. Now the kids in our youth group worship. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, Claire and Craig are here. Great. I won't embarrass you too much. But Claire got saved, and then she dragged, invited her son, uh, Craig. Now, Craig's a professional boxer. He's not your kind of stereotypical sort of little weak sort of Christian that needs saving. I mean, he's what I call hench. All right, I mean, he's like, I mean, boom. When I see Craig, I say, how you doing? And I tell everyone he's with me. Craig, mate, comes to my church, Craig. And, um, but he might be able to throw a right hook, but he still needs saving, yeah? And so just over there, just where sitting there, oh, 18 months ago or so, Craig, it must have been, forget the time exactly, we sat down and prayed together, and there was a chain reaction in his life. Jesus became real. The second point is my story. Luke 24, 46 and 47 says, He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Um, my story is simply growing up, and many of you have heard it before, growing up in a Christian family, going to a church, thinking it's totally irrelevant to my life as a young man, uh, and then a friend dying on a motorbike accident. And being on the back row, God can speak to you on the back row, by the way, on the back row at his funeral saying, I'll give God a chance. I'll just give you a chance, God. That was, it, wasn't, it was not even wondering. It was kind of semi-denial, denying to sort of just a glimpse. And uh, God, God, if you give God a chance, he'll reveal himself to you. You just need to say, okay, I'll look, I'll wonder. And um, that's what I did. And for six to nine months, I really looked at the Christian faith in some detail to the point that I really focused in, for me, my journey on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because for me, that's history changing. That's game changing. If a man was crucified and came back to life... Man, he's the type of person I want to follow, yeah? Okay, I don't want to follow any religious person. I want to follow the Son of God. And if he came back, um, if what we're proclaiming here today is true, it is, I tell you, Easter changes everything. 
it changes everything. It doesn't just change how we count the years of the, as we go through 2015, 2016, 2017. It changes everything. It's such a game-changing moment. It became um, uh, my story. Um, Romans 1 puts it like this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Behind the word power there is the picture of dynamite. What happens is that if you've experienced God, if, 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 if I can say it's moved from uh, his story, salvation history, that God had a plan to save mankind, it's now moved into our story, my story. This chain reaction is not just rolling through history, it's rolling through life after life. My life, your life. And, and, and the New Testament writers struggle to describe it and they say, well, it's like dynamite. If you experience God, if it moves from theori- theoretical into heart change, it's like dynamite going off. Or they use phrases like, uh, you're born again. And so Nicodemus in John 3 says, what do you mean? If I've got to be born again? So I've got to go back in my mother's womb. And no, 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 you don't have to do that. You have to be born of water. You have to be born of spirit. Born of water is about natural birth. Uh, Born of the spirit is about spiritual birth. It's like being born again. In fact, such is the transformation of the resurrection of Jesus in your life. It's like being born again. It's like dynamite going off. And this activating event of the resurrection of Jesus suddenly explodes in your own life. And this good news is available to everyone. Whatever your background, whatever your education, whatever your status, whatever your race or culture, whether you are young or old, black or white, male or female, banker or busker, Arsenal or Tottenham, Jew or Gentile. This gospel is available to everyone. Such good news. And you can experience the saving power of Jesus today. This power that raised Jesus from the dead, and as Romans 1 says, proves him to be the Son of God through the resurrection from the dead, can change your life forever. It can deal with your past Nothing that you have done ultimately will disqualify you from the love of God. But he knew you were mucked up anyway. (laughs) And so from the worst sinner to the worst sinner, because we're all worst sinners. You know, sometimes we think, well, I'm not as bad as that person over there. But all have fallen short of the holiness and the grace of God. God steps towards us in Christ so it can deal with your past. You can have God with you in the present. That's what we heard through the video testimonies. Hasn't been great have people in our church on the video giving testimony to what God has done. That's been such an encouragement. What fantastic testimonies. Because they're testifying that God's with me in my work. and God's, So this is a God that isn't just an objective saving truth. It's a very active God. It's a God that will step close to you, will be with you in your pain, in your trouble, and help you in the day-to-day challenges of building a marriage or raising kids or, or, or getting a job. And also it's a gospel which secures your future. So, you know, we have a hope beyond the grave. We, well, you know, we, we don't need to worry about judgment and death. Well, we don't need to worry. In fact, the gospel deals with the punishment, uh, the judgment that needs to be taken. Jesus takes that upon himself rather than we have to take it. It deals with the penalty of sin. It deals with the partition between God and uh, sinful mankind. This is the good news. 
And this is what the resurrection proves. Ultimately, it changes your identity and even your focus. Such is the power of the gospel. That's why in the New Testament, they very often change their name. They literally go, well, before I was a Christian, I was Saul. And now I'm a Christian. I'm Paul. Because they're just trying to find a way of uh, articulating such is the impact of the gospel in someone, man or woman's life. It's why baptism was such an important step of faith. Because baptism in itself signifies what has happened in this chain reaction internally. Uh, And as you've heard us say before, it's like a grave. That's what a baptismal pool is. And you go down, you die to your old life. You're literally buried. And then you are raised in your new life. In fact, in baptism, you literally do what happens to Christ. He was crucified and then risen. And you are identifying with Christ. You're being buried in Christ and coming up in new life. And uh, it's symbolizing the washing away of your sin. That you are forgiven. I remember that moment. Do you remember the moment you got, first became a Christian? And, and I think of it a lot because I remember the release of forgiveness. I wasn't guilty. I didn't need to earn God's favor anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah? And um, that's why baptism is really important because at that point you testify you actually, it's a lordship moment. You're saying, Jesus, you're not just my savior, but you're a lord. You're the boss of my life. You're the king of my life. And I'm going to testify to anyone that are here through word and deed that Jesus is, is yeah, he's crucified, but he's risen. Um, and then uh, lastly and quickly is, we looked at his story. I told you about my story, our story. Now, what's your story? What's your story? Maybe you're like Peter, you're, you're here, you're dragged along or something, invited by a family member and you came along. But really you're sitting here, you, 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 you know, if someone said to you, <laughs> someone said to you, were you at church on Sunday? Oh no, not there. You, you, you're like Peter, denied. That's where you are, that's honest truth. Well, you, you, you're welcome, I've been there. Okay. Or maybe you're wondering, you're wondering, is it true? Is it true? It's not in the tomb. Is it true? Wow, 2,000 years, that's the test of time. Wow, is it true? Maybe you're wondering. Or maybe you're here and you're, even as I'm speaking, or as you've been here, you're understanding to be true. It's as if revelation is coming to your heart and mind and your life right now. And probably if you're anything like me, you're also, you're at the stage, you're proclaiming. I mean, you, you, you can't wait to sing a song later on, but you want to say, yeah, Jesus is alive. Yeah. I'm a bit like that, by the way. Uh, I, I don't do parties unless I end up in the kitchen with someone who's not a Christian. I just love that. I, I, you know, I'm just there, and I, I've got this little trick. I ask them what they do as their job. And they normally tell me, knowing that they'll probably be polite, and ask me what I do with my job. I say, what do you do with your job? And they go, no, no. And then I'm, oh, yeah, that's interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, and then I go, they go, well, what do you do? I say, I'm a pastor. You're a pastor? Oh, yeah. And we're off. We're off, I'll tell you. We're, we're off, I'm in. I'm in, why, why am I in? Why am I in? Because I tell you, I, I, I'm carrying a message it's about life and death. Uh, this is about eternity. Yeah, this, this is good news, but I'll tell you, there's some bad news. The bad news is you're in trouble in front of a holy God. And this holy God's done something about it. He, he's come from the throne room, put on flesh, and died for each one of us. 
I mean, it's good news, but it's scary news. Yeah? Yeah. gentlemen, don't I mean, I've met some passionate people. Yeah? You'd be amazed what people are passionate about. They're passionate about Mars bars, and they're passionate about West Ham and things like that. Very, you know, I don't mind people being passionate about football. Yeah, but, but we're talking about life and death here. It's worth considering. It's worth wondering. And actually, for some of you, it's worth deciding to follow him today. For most of us here, or many of us here, we've done this. We've experienced this chain reaction in our life. What's our response today? Well, it should lead to worship. It should be, ah, oh, flow, good worship. Worship doesn't flow out of singing your favorite song. It sings out of understanding of how far you were from God, how far he came to rescue you, and how much you've been rescued. That, that makes your hands go up rather than just, oh, I like this song. Though I do like the song forever. I think it's a really good one as an aside, worship team. But anyway, um, and it means you proclaim. You can't help yourself tell others. You're not ashamed of the gospel because it's had such a radical transformation in your life. But some of you today, maybe it's your day. Maybe you've been wondering, maybe you've been on a journey, maybe you've been coming to church for a while, or maybe you've been invited today, and as you've been here, you know that you know that it's true, that Jesus did die for you and was raised from the dead. And in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel, that this chain reaction that started 2,000 years ago and that keeps running across the nations can run right into your life here and now. Such is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen.